So in military, we have always to train as we fight. This is why soldiers need to be put in the worst situation ever in order to be good at any situation. Hi, I'm Captain Adam Morton for the Canadian Army Podcast. We all know that Canada is synonymous with frigid temperatures and the Army needs to be able to survive and operate in the most austere conditions. Recently, the Canadian Army has made some changes to its cold weather and Arctic training. What better place to talk about this than at the Canadian Army Advanced Warfare Centre, or CASC, in Trenton. I'm here with Sergeant Pierre-Luc Dubé, who's going to tell us about his journey through learning about cold weather and Arctic operations and how we're changing the program. Welcome to the podcast. Hi, hi, thank you. So why did we need to change the course? Why are we changing the training? The program before was old. It was not bad, not at all. It was updated at this time, but uh, we focused a little bit too much on the past wars. Like we were in Afghanistan and we were involved in a lot of European uh, stuff. So we kind of forgot about our winter, right? Equipment went old, drills went old. So what they did is they kind of now turned their head on the right and look at this and like, okay, so we're not updated anymore. We got cold weather injuries for two weeks in the field at minus 20 outside. What's what's this thing? So they kind of mandate Kalasi to look at this and find a way to modernize our winter training. And uh, that's what I've been doing for the last three years. You know, this reminds me of, uh, I was teaching on a leadership course a couple of years back and uh, I had to look up the winter warfare manual, the PAM as they call it. And uh, I'm finding this thing is this old, like, borderline typewritten document from 1987. And it was still cold back then, still good. But uh, it's like some of the equipment in there, like, wow, that's that's some old stuff. So probably needed an update. Yeah, yeah. And I know what book you're talking about. We are actually going to rewrite that that book. Uh, like, snow was snow 50 years ago, and snow will be snow in 50 years. But uh, the knowledge we have uh, right now is better than 50 years ago. And the equipment available out there is also better. So uh, if we want to improve, uh, we need to always keep our stuff up to date. You know, a Canadian living day to day might say, I live with winter all the time. I go outside. People live in Manitoba. They're fine. What does military training give you that your average person just living in Canada doesn't already know? Yeah, even if uh, you are in Shiloh, maybe you may never have sleep outside at minus 45. A lot of Canadians uh, live in Canada, but they don't like snow. I think we all know people who also fly to Florida, whatever, to to enjoy their winter, right? <laughs> yeah. The answer is you leave. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So in military, we have always to train as we fight. So if we have to fight in the winter conditions, well, it's going to be outside and outside and outside. And we may end up in a situation where resupply won't be an option and you'll be a week outside with the gear you have on. And to survive, you need to first take care of your weapons and stuff like that. And take care of your body temperature level and your soldier, your subordinate, that hard cold as well, and so on. So we need to train in these situations in order to prevent if that happens. Army is a big if. Army is good with all the if. This is why I think in the soldiers need to be put in the worst situation ever in order to be good at any situation. Yeah. If you train for the worst, you're already good to go for the, the easy yeah, stuff. Yeah, yeah. Nobody plans for things to go well. You know what I mean? If things go well, you don't have to worry. Piece of cake. Mm, yeah, that's true. 
So how did you find yourself in the seat of, you know, the subject matter expert and the person that's making all these changes? Why are you the person? Yeah, yeah. Uh, first of all, I, I am not the god of the winter, okay? <laughs> I heard uh, some uh, ex-students that I got some emails with them and they called me the legend because I <laughs> I went in the water twice in the same day, whatever, uh, in the winter. Anyways, I came here in Kasi in July 19. From here, they posted me in this platoon. Uh, I was not qualified, not at all. I got civilian experience. I'm trapper, hunter, I'm always outside. So uh, they got me on the Norway course. It's a AWIC, Advanced Winter Instructor course, which is five weeks. Uh, my job was to look at their course with the optic of creating something here in Canada based on what I'm seeing there. I'm not going to copy-paste their course, but looking at how they do things, why, and adapt towards them. Because Norway is the NATO Center of Excellence in the Winter Warfare. So they know what they're doing. So I end up being here for that. And then the year after that, I was on my Canadian Arctic Ops course as an instructor and candidate. The old uh, the old candidate instructor, eh? <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, yeah. And then uh, a year after, I became in that chair. Uh, SME, and I like it. So I hope I'll be here until years. Yeah, good chunk of time. Yeah, that's what I want. So would you learn from Norway? Different culture. They are great in what they're doing. If I'm not mistaken, Norway is the army that puts the most uh, budget in their personal equipment on their soldiers. Uh, they have very good kit. Nobody can argue that. I was working with 12 or 15 different countries looking at their course as candidate, and we were all surprised how their kit is good. Uh, when you're talking about winter, uh, winter comes with kit. If you have no kit, you end up doing the basic, basic. So that's what's the first thing. The second is they all ski in civilian, so that they have an advantage, let's say like that. But their army also put a lot of effort in their training about skiing, how to adapt the ski on attack, on support, on logistic. They ski everywhere. So this way they can travel more than uh, us, let's say. So they are more maneuverable, more flexible. Yeah, this is what I was impressed. They use their resources very, very good in wintertime. Why are skis better? Like, I mean, I know the go-to standard these days for the Canadian Army is snowshoes. Why are skis better? Well, there's different way of thinking, and I understand both of them. Skis are better. First, you won't lift your knees and stuff like that. Over there, we were traveling between 5 to 8K an hour, which is big. That's huge. Uh, that, that is huge. The 8K an hour, let's say, uh, it was a downslope. <laughs> yeah. We need, yeah. We need to, okay, <laughs> I was not Superman over there. Well, you're not going 8K an hour on a downslope on no, snowshoes, that's no, for sure. <laughs> no, that's for sure. Yeah, exactly. And we covered, I don't know, about 100K, 110K within five or six days. And after that, yeah, my feet were destroyed. But my energy itself, I could have attack for two, three days, no problem. So that's what's obvious over there. When I say there's two ways of seeing things, is because in Canada, we have deep snow, not the same. So in deep snow, you need snowshoes sometimes. So you kind of understand why we moved away from skis a little bit. But now with the technology we have out there, ski can be bring back in every condition. 90% of the time would be better than snowshoes for movement. I'm not saying for mission-wise, attacking or something, but for movement, 
uh, skis will 90% of the time be better. And people like often don't appreciate and even sometimes we we forget ourselves is that there's really two pieces to the whole attack thing is you have to get there and then you have to attack. And if getting there takes all the energy out of you, the attack bit gets really difficult. Yeah, 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 exactly. And uh, you cannot just uh, be inserted two kilometers from the enemy, right? You need to be quiet. So you have a 60, 70 pound rucksack, you have a hundred pounds of tabagan behind you and you ski toward your objective and the best minds and the best trained soldier will win. You know, the other thing I, I think you brought up, which uh, people often forget is deep snow. I've had a couple of experiences with deep snow, but I remember in particular one time I was up in BC and we were driving BV-206s, which is big track vehicles. If you got Google, look it up. It's really cool. Uh, military vehicle, which I think they use in the Nordic countries. And so we're driving and I forgot about deep snow, right? And so I open up the door, we get to where we're going, I open up the door, I jump out of the BV-206 and I just sink right up to my arms in snow, right? And you're like, oh yeah, that's why we're using track vehicles and all that. It's like the snow is really deep yeah. and it's hard to operate in really, really deep snow. Yeah, definitely. And this is why in our courses, we try to train soldiers to uh, do a better route analysis uh, with a map, okay, where's the deep snow? You try to avoid deep snow, though. If you have a long way to go, try maybe more windy spaces or whatever. But if you go in the deep snow and you don't reach your objective, it won't work. So the mission first, you need to go to be at your objective and be able to fight. So if you have to go in deep snow, you go in deep snow. It's okay. You have trail breaker in the front. People uh, has no rucksack, no nothing. You just break trail. It would be slow one, like snowshoes. But the thing is, it's, uh, if it's avoidable, you try to avoid it. Yeah, everything comes at a price. Yeah, yeah, and there's no perfect world. In yeah, that's in right. In winter, there's no perfect world. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> what are the new courses, and how are they different from the old courses? So the old courses, there were too much of a big gap between the basic cold weather and then the Arctic Operation Advisors. Uh, Arctic Operation Advisor, at the end of that course, you were supposed to advise COs, commandant, to plan operations Arctic. So there were no middle for junior leadership, let's say. So we cut that course in two. Now we have the basic cold weather, and we have the cold weather operations leader, and we have the Arctic Operations. So talk to us about the basic course or cold weather operator. What does that look like? The basic course is uh, section-wise. So what I mean by that is they will do dismounted mobility. They will have their polk behind them, their equipment. They will set up tents for two nights and they will do a survival. The survival portion in there it will be section-wise. They will be together, one big shelter, improvised shelter. And they will pass the night in there. It's kind of a introduction, if I might say. Because uh, once a soldier come into the Canadian forces, they don't know how to operate our coalman stoves. They don't know how to tear up a tent. It's basic soldiering, right? So in their basic course, they learn how to tie their shoes. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> so they need to start from something. So we teach them the, the basic stuff and a little bit of mobility and a little bit of survival, just a touch. So what changes were made to that course? Well, the basic didn't change much. Uh, the basic, we just bring back skis in, and now they have to jump into the water at the basic level. And then the next course, tell me about that one. 
Yeah, so uh, when we go to the second course, this is where it's more advanced and individual. It's called Cold Weather Operations Leader, which is a three-week course based on mobility in winter, based on survival, based on the basic of snow, dressing, how to lead your soldier in a winter environment, how to keep them motivated, how to take care of themselves, uh, how to deal with cold weather injuries, how to prevent them, and so on. So that's the goal of it. Because in the past, we had too much of uh, injuries, and so we needed to focus on on this. So uh, this year, we were in uh, Shiloh, Manitoba. Uh, we had uh, minus 40 pretty much the whole time. So they learned. <laughs> you know, I got to quote uh, an old instructor of mine who said, You'll either learn or you'll suffer, and then you'll learn. <laughs> yeah, there's something that people maybe doesn't notice about winter training is you don't need a PowerPoint to teach something. Uh, when you let's say there's ten person in a tent right now that are doing whatever at night because there's no task, well they all learn. Okay, they forgot something in their backpack outside. It's minus forty. Well, put your boot on. We'll, Go get what you forgot, so you won't forget last time. So it's not, <laughs> yes, it's not. Right. Yeah, you always learn. If you freeze your hands, well, you've just learned that this glove <laughs> that yeah. doesn't work. So yeah. you, you know what I mean. Winter is very self-learning. Yeah, and it's worth mentioning that uh, you know it's not about intentionally hurting people or anything like that. You know what I mean? But it's just everything that I've learned in the military certainly is accomplished by a certain amount of pain. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And they adjust, they adapt, and then they, they're just getting more confident outside. And the trick is to be outside. The, the goal of this course is put candidate outside. They are always outside in tents. At the end, they do a survival portion, which they are no tents. They are three to four days in, under a tarp, and they have a fire, and that's it. And they one rabbit. Uh, at the end of this course, first, there's no injuries. And second, everybody learned on that course. No doubt. Uh, other than that, it was a mounted course before. On these three weeks, it was on sled and snowmobile. And now it's more uh, dismounted mobility with skis. We lack in the Canadian forces of uh, movement, of mobility in uh, dismounted. Right, because it's tougher to move on on snowshoes than on skis, for sure. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And before it was uh, on sled, on snowmobile, prior to go Arctic. So they didn't train on uh, mobility, navigation, and this stuff, and dismounted the capacity. So in the future, the aim is that uh, there will be a lot of people qualified on this, but not necessarily they will go up in the Arctic. So there will be multiple cold weather operations leader running at the same time for, let's say, one Arctic operations course. And what does the Arctic operations course cover now? Now the Arctic operations course is covering... Uh, there's an acclimatization phase during a week. So the candidate will build an igloo. They will sleep in. They will build a snow cave and sleep in. They will construct fire trench. And then we move on to the planification portion, which is, uh, you know, in Arctic, seems easy. But you don't just show up 100 people in Arctic in the 200 people uh, civilization and uh, think that you're going to go to grocery store and fuel your truck in their communities. It doesn't work that you will empty the communities. So stuff like that, you plan 
plan your plane. If you need to move from A to B, you will reserve some planes. It will be twin orders, so it's going to be civilian uh, contract probably. You will plan your contact, your RCMP contact into your communities. Details like that. So they will learn that as well. They will learn also the mounted uh, mobility portion, which is uh, we move in snowmobile over there. We have VV206 to support. So they will learn that cold start procedure, how to troubleshoot snowmobile, because uh, <laughs> don't worry about it. You troubleshoot uh, every day. It's so cold. So. And at the end, there's a final exercise, uh, which is the community where they planned a trip with a certain budget. They need to go there on flight, and then they have uh, their snowmobile, they have all their kit, and everything that they have planned, they need to execute with them. So is it a 100-kilometer patrol with some fishing or a community events, or they have planned something there? And then when they come back, this is where the course pretty much end. So how many serials of the course have we run so far in this new program? Right now, we've done two courses, so about two times for the uh, personal uh, that has been qualified. And how many people was that? 80 total. Oh, okay. Did you learn anything from it? Uh, yeah, the course went well. A pilot course is never easy. A, pi <laughs> yeah, a pilot course is always running square, and you, you just need to embrace it. But uh, we've seen good things. We changed the thing that we think we needed to improve. Uh, there are still things that need to be improved. Uh, for the second course in a row, we had the same issue. So this, in the future, we will work on that. But the course itself uh, went well. The tactical portion in there, this is what we noticed. It was not very accurate. Uh, I understand it's important to teach tactical but uh, in a three weeks course, we noticed that it was hard to bring everybody at the same page for this small amount of time. Uh, so my goal is to take every minute and put knowledge into their head and experience into their hands. So this way, when they go back to their unit, they can train tactical around this. And what's happening to the people who hold the previous qualification? What's the impact on that? It's part of our duty, right? I have a qualification. It's been 10 years since I'm qualified something. If I have to do the job, it's my duty to just put myself up to date. It's just what it is. If not, we'll end up having to recall everybody every five years. It never end. Never end. What can soldiers at the unit level do to improve themselves? Without having to consume too much time on training skis uh, to their soldier, there's a good way of doing it, is uh, to add into their physical training, which is, uh, we call it PT. If you do this, uh, let's say, twice a week, without consuming any time in the work hours, uh, your soldier will become very good at skiing. The easiest thing to do is to be outside. You just go outside, put your gear on, Go outside and everything is about acclimatization. Uh, I know that I'm very jacked before. I don't know if you're aware of, but uh, they, every morning when they woke up, they went outside peeing with their bare feet. They freeze and purpose their feet in order to pump the blood in and their feet will stay warm the whole day. That's just an example. As if you don't go outside, if you, if you always need your 20 degrees in, well, you won't be for this. Uh, you need to... It's all on in the head. You want to be a better soldier, you go shooting, get better at shooting. You want to be a better winter soldier, you go maybe try some skiing. 
yeah, or snowshoeing yeah, or whatever. Yeah, definitely. Because uh, training on skis is very time consuming. But if you adapt, it's doable. And the benefit of it is incredible. Totally incredible. I'd like to thank you for coming out and talking about cold weather and Arctic operations. And thank you. It's been a pleasure. That was Sergeant Pierre Dugsby at the Canadian Army Advanced Warfare Center in Trenton. If you want to know more about the Canadian Army in the Arctic, check out our Arctic Training Podcast on Season 2, Episode 5. I'm Captain Adam Morton for the Canadian Army Podcast. Morton out. Morton out.